Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Live from Indianapolis, this is continuing coverage of the 2022 NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, SNR. It's the Midday Show here. Live on Radio Row at the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine. I'm Wesley Euler. I have two fantastic line mates here. Max Starks, of course, former Pittsburgh Steeler, Pittsburgh Sports, SNR extraordinaire. Gentlemen, how are we doing this afternoon? We're doing. Yeah, we're doing good. We're, we're, we're not. We're, we're actually uh, reporting by choice. Um, yes. Because a bunch of these wide receivers back here. We will do all the heavy bench. lifting. We'll today. do all the heavy lifting, <laughs> bench press and otherwise. But uh, the receivers, we have about 10 of them so far that aren't, aren't benching. And also the, the tight end group earlier did yeah. not bench a Just lot of guys. surprising the tight ends for me. What's behind that, Max? Obviously, you know, the experience here has changed a lot since you've been here, but it, yeah. it, it does seem like more and more guys opt out of the bench and want to do that at their pro instead. Why is that? So I think one of the biggest things is because now that everybody's shooting towards the night practice and workouts, um, that you don't want to get yourself up so early. Like right now we're looking at noon, and then you have a layoff and your workouts are at 7 p.m. So now you got to get ramped up physically for just the bench press, and then you got a six-hour layoff until you're about to get ramped up again. Sure. So it's just it's the, the the shift in imbalance. It used to be you did bench, and that was it for this one day, and then workouts were the next morning to mid-afternoon. But now with this new model with the NFL to make sure you highlight prime time, prime time. and everything, television drives everything. Yep. Now, guys, you're seeing less and less guys do it at this point uh, to make sure that they save themselves for the sure. evening and have the best showing. Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense when you lay it out that way. It's it's a business decision, right? That's right. Well, I appreciate you two being here, making the business decision to join me today. Always. Uh, <laughs> a reminder that our combine coverage here all week brought to you by First National Bank. Let's get started. Member FDIC. Guys, you know, yesterday we kind of said, yesterday was really the last day that it felt like you had to go fishing for topics, that you had to come up with your own topics. Starting today, everything's kind of built in. You're kind of spoon-fed in this regard with all the storylines that'll continue uh, today and throughout the weekend. Uh, the one here so far today, and it was a lot of the coming into the combine, Kenny Pickett's hand size. We got an official measurement. Eight okay. and a half inch hand. Big deal? No big deal. I don't think so. Yeah, you know, Kevin Colbert brought this up um, last week when he spoke to us. Is an issue with fumbling issue. And so that caused me to go back and look up Kenny Pickett's fumbles. His first couple of years in college, fumbling was something of an issue. He'd have, you know, eight or nine a, a season. Last was only three. Um, you know, so he, he obviously got better with his, his you know, pocket presence and, and things of that nature. And if you look at it, the quarterback in the NFL who has the biggest hands at the position is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott has a fumbling, has a fumbling issue. issue, huge fumbling yeah. issue. Yeah, exactly. And so you either you're either a you know, and again it goes back to pocket presence. You know, how are you holding the football? How are you? How are you? You know, where are you keeping the football in, in regard to your body when you're in the pocket? Are you protecting it? Um, and you know, some of that's also tackle. 
Yes. <laughs> How many times are you getting hit from the backside? To where you don't know what's going Which, on. Which, again, doesn't speak well for Dak Prescott because he's got one of the best of all time. That's right. I mean, when you got Tyron Smith over there and you're still having these issues, maybe it's not him. Maybe. And I think about this, Joe Burrow, his hands were small. I mean, he yeah. has nine inch hands. I mean, a half an inch is not going to be the hugest difference in the world, but he has small hands and look where that guy was. And the gloves makes a difference now. They do. Oh, they're so tacky. They're so tacky. You know, yeah. the, 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 I mean, if you think about the Odell, you know, with one hand, yeah. catch, see so many guys do that now and everybody marvels over it. Well, if you put some of those gloves on, you would be amazed it, it, how tackified they are. Well, you become Spider-Man at yeah, that point, you right? you could climb a wall. <laughs> yeah, you could climb a wall with them. <laughs> no, absolutely. You probably hear the yeah. bench press getting going behind us. There'll be more juice in here in the background than there has been the past couple of days uh, on Radio Row here with the bench press. Yeah, 40 yards, 50 yards or so away from us. Dale, I know you've been waiting for a lot of these measurements. You've been keeping an eye on it. Anything else besides the, the Kenny Pickett hand size that we were all waiting for that stood out to you today? Yeah, I was surprised to see Matt Corral come in at uh, 212 pounds. That's a little bigger. He certainly didn't look 212 pounds when on the podium um, and, and came in at six, one and a half. So a little bit bigger than, than I thought. A lot of times when you see those college uh, heights and weights, they're fudged the other way. Like right. he's actually shorter they, they give you and 10 pounds, 10 pounds lighter than he was. You know? yeah. Yeah. Again, I think I, told, I said the other day, I was, I was listed as a six, three center in high school. You know, because yeah. it didn't sound good to have a six-one center. Uh, you know, you wanted to, yeah, I grew a couple inches. Right. Um, see that a lot in the college game. You know, they just kind of say, oh, yeah, he's, he, you know, he's he's six eight and you know, three hundred forty pounds, and then you get him in on the, you get him here, and he's actually six six and, and three twenty, and it's like, yeah. you know, okay, it was. That's a good measurement for Matt Corral. I think that yeah. that helps his cause a little bit. Well, and I think it, it also brings attention, right? I mean, that, that's the biggest thing. When you, when you see that, you're just like, okay, all right, okay, we can work with. Because yeah. had it been anything smaller on either one of those, which is funny, I've never had that issue, uh, <laughs> being on the small side. But it, it's one of those things. You where stand you, out here a little bit on Radio Road. Just Max. a smidge, just a smidge. It's only because of the backdrops, right? You know, you know that, that's the only course, thing. They're, they're really tall. Uh, but no, no, I think I think when we see these measurables, it kind of just either confirms what we want to believe, or it, or or it casts doubt. Sure. For Matt Corral, we already had doubts, right? We're like, is this dude going to be sub two hundred? Is he going to be below six one? And he came out. He was bigger, just like with Kyler Murray, right? We're yeah. like, oh man, this dude's probably pocket size. He's five foot eight. You know, he's trying to masquerade as 5'10". And then he comes out, he's like almost 5'11". Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, all right, okay. So so we ha- And now I think with teams, especially if you had something where you think, ah, I could take a flyer on this guy maybe at the end of the first round, yeah. let him sit, get get healed. Now he's back in that conversation. Let, let me ask you this, Matt, uh, because – I'm sorry, Matt. I'm so, yeah. I'm so You do radio with Will. Yeah. 87 hours a week with, with Matt Williams and yeah. Max. Um Desmond Ritter at the scouting or at the uh, senior bowl. Yeah. Uh, was 6'4", 205. Is that is uh, he looks like a wide receiver instead of a quarterback. You yeah. I I I look at him and I'm thinking how's he going to hold up physically? Physically when he gets hit, he takes that bl- that blindside hit in the in the you know in the small of the back. Yeah. You know, is that going to break him in half? Yeah, well, I mean, I I think that's one of the things, you know, it's also about like feel. Like we've never really seen Desmond take that type of hit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just like with Kyler Murray, that's always a question about Kyler. Can will he get folded in half like a lawn chair when he gets hit, but doesn't get hit square? Right. So I think for Desmond, it's going to be a question. But his athleticism, and if you know how to take hits or you know how to fall to make sure you don't take the brunt, Russell Wilson, another one, yeah. right? Yep. You're like, 
guys just have that craft. And I think that's what Desmond Ritter has. So I think we'll think about it and be worried about it like an RG3. But at the same time, you're like, this guy knows how to. And he's played against top competition. So he's he's had he's had he's been in the crosshairs. So I think one doesn't really bother me as much. And as much rib, you know, the rib guards, oh, yeah. the extra padding in certain areas. I mean, I don't see it being in him because I think the way I watched him play these last two years, he knows he knows how to fall and how not to take the weight of a hit. It's the guy that falls awkwardly and you get all that weight of the D lineman. And obviously the NFL is trying to eliminate that. I think he'll be fine. But it, it is one of those things where you're like, just have one more cheesesteak. Just one. Yeah. Just one. <laughs> I'd like to see 210. I just like to see 10. Just sounds better. Yeah, it does. I mean, does. you know, it's, it, to be because he's got the height that you want. Yeah, he does. And, and he does have the movement in the pocket and, and the arm strength and all that stuff in the in big hands. Yeah, um, exactly. He can grip the football. But I'm, I look at that, I'm like, 205. That's yeah. really light. Yeah, don't worry. Let, let him hang out with a couple NFL linemen for a week or two. That'll do it. Yeah, that, that'll, that'll do it. it. I mean, my, it. my wife would always comment, uh, you know, a lot of times um, they have the video cameras around Ben and stuff, and I'd be standing next to Ben. Again, I'm, I'm 6'1 and you know, 210 pounds. I'm not a small guy, but I'm not I'm not huge. And I'd be standing next to Ben, and, I'd, you know, he's dwarfing me. And, I'm, and she'd yeah. always say, he, he's really big. I'm like, they don't call him Little Ben. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no question. You know, he had body armor, though. And also, you think about this, Ben also, I'd say, what was that, about year five, year, year seven? He, he, he had he some was, Snickers. The round mound of touchdown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, de- he, definitely, he definitely went to dinner with us more than a couple of times <laughs> and definitely tried to keep up. So, <laughs> Let me ask you this, Max, because I know uh, for those maybe in, in Steeler Nation that are unfamiliar, you do a lot of work in college football as well, yes. too, a lot of broadcast. Where do you come down on the conversation of – the competition differences for this, these guys, right? So Matt Coral, for example, SEC known for dominant defenses. You look across the league, you look across the draft, littered with guys from that com- from that conference on the defensive side of the football yeah. in the league and in the draft every year. And then you look at a Ritter who played in a group of five conference, played at Cincinnati, right? Not thought of as the same type of schedule, type of opponents. Where do you come down on that? Because I know you watch I mean, you've been, yeah. you've been all over the board in terms of Power 5 and G5 <laughs> and the games that you've called. Yeah. What's your kind of take on that competition level difference for some of these quarterbacks and how that affects this equation? So I, I think with quarterbacks, it, it's unique. Now, there's certain positions where I'm like, ah, the guy might have, you know, some competition issues, right? There'll be some DBs where you're like, well, you weren't getting the best, fastest guys. Like, I'm not going to trust a Mountain West defensive back <laughs> in a high draft pick versus an SEC cornerback, right? But I think with quarterback, like – Either you got it or you don't. I mean, it's one of those, it's an it factor, you know, especially when you're talking about you're getting into the MAC, you're getting into group of five, Conference USA. Like, you're still seeing a lot of talent that has grown, you know, because they're making that second-tier guy that didn't have his growth spurt till his sophomore year of college. Right. Where, man, we're looking at him, he was five foot nine, and then you're like, what is it, six foot one? <laughs> you're like, what? And those receivers, I mean, when you think about getting volume receivers, know how to catch because you're going to pass the ball a lot more. Sure. So the quarterbacks have you are used to running with the systems that they have doing a lot of short range stuff and and doing the whole entire route tree. So I feel competition at the quarterback level cuz we have so many guys we can look at from mid majors and oh, group absolutely. of five. Josh Allen they right come now. Come from everywhere, yeah. They come from everywhere and even Carson Wentz till he got injured. I mean, he was yep. in a D2 school. Yeah. For God's sakes, you and, know. And I don't look at that as a you know, if they have 
you know, a lot of people said, well, against Mississippi or against this, you know, just to bring up Malik Willis, for example, he had some games last year. Yeah, played Old Miss. Where he played, where, yeah. you know, had some struggles against some of the D1 schools that they played. You got to remember the guys he's throwing to aren't D1 level guys. You know, yeah. if you're at Liberty, you may have two or three guys on your roster who yeah. are potential pros. You don't have Justin point. Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Right. But, yeah. the, you know, you're playing Ole Miss, and Ole Miss has got a bunch of four-star recruits who are cornerbacks out there. You're going to struggle. That all run probably a sub-4-3. Yeah. And, oh, <laughs> by the way, they're rushing They're they're rushing you with these yeah. guys that are way better than your offensive linemen. Exactly. 6'5", 295 pounds, but he is absolutely rocked up. Yeah. You know? So, so and I think that's the thing. It's about are you going to stand and deliver? Are you willing to climb the pocket? Because we talked with Greg right. Cassell, right? As long as I don't see you retreating and you're making those pro-style moves, you're creating space to allow time for your receivers to get open. Those are those intangibles that you're looking for, and you can get those at any level. I think that's why quarterback is always so different and why you can be so far-ranging as far as where they are. Now, if you're going for a defensive lineman or offensive lineman, conference matters. Yeah. Conference matters. Like, I'm looking. If I want an offensive lineman, yeah, linebacker as well. He might face one – Pro prospect a year, maybe, 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 and and that like think about this, Rashawn Slater, right from Northwestern. What did he make his hay on? I blocked Chase Young year before yep. I got drafted, and that's what propelled me. Right. Like, and he hey. did pretty good against Nick Bosa as a, as a young Everybody guy. Said, oh, hey, this guy might be pretty good. He might be pretty good, <laughs> and it's like dude, sometimes you write off. But he played in the Big Ten, so you knew he's already battle tested. I played in the SEC, same thing, and then you get to the Pac Twelvers and. Like, like Kayvon Thibodeau, that's going to be one of who is your competition. Well, my teammate was Penny Sewell. I went against him every day yeah. while we were there yeah. together. And then it's like, okay, you look at USC has a couple guys. So you're trying to find, pick and, pick and choose some guys that do from ASU that's here. Um, but that's what it is. Like those guys you want from bigger commodity names. You know, there, there's the one-offs, right? Trevor Pennings of the world sure. or uh, Ali Marpets who just retired, you know, I mean, those are the guys you're going to be like, okay, there's, there's a diamond in the rough, but a majority of your guys are going to come from known commodity schools. To your point, the Steelers uh, have drafted one guy since uh, taking Jim Stevens in the first round in 1996, who was not a big school guy. That was Ben Roethlisberger. Mm. There it is. In the first round. And that yeah, one, the first, in the first round. round. And that one worked out. But quarterback. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you, you could, you yeah. know, you it could kind of project it. wasn't a left tackle it. from Miami of Ohio. Right. I, I, I yeah. think the Jermaine situation, you know, and I covered Jermaine. Again, that that competition level was just not anywhere near what he was seeing on a, on a regular basis in the NFL. Not yeah. Close. Not not even close. And, and and that matters. matters. Now, now you can say, oh, the gap is bridging. and every, I'm like, yeah, it's bridging, but something about – if I'm Jamari Sawyer, right, kid from Georgia, I have seen everybody. I have seen Alabama. I have seen sure. Florida. I have seen Tennessee. I've seen. I lined up against my own damn guys every day. My, yeah, and then I had I had Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt every day. Yeah, imagine that te stunt. You know, so so those things matter for for lineman positions. Your course, you know, defensive sure. front seven, and when you get to linebackers, linebackers, can you run? Can you cover? Do you know the assignments? Because I look at um even uh, the boy from Tulsa. Um, Zaven Collins. Zaven Collins. He struggled with Arizona. Yeah. Because he didn't have to read at Tulsa. Right. So it's. Uh, he was just the best player on the field. And, and could go he just do could, he could, run, could run forever. Yeah. And, yeah. and he was humongous. But then you look at Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons fit the glove. Penn State, Big Ten, 
power five guy. He's seen Ohio State. He's seen Michigan, right? He's seen the big schools. And so he knows what the NFL-style talent looks like, whereas, you know, Zayvon Collins did not know. Right. Matt brought him up. What do you you think of Saylor? You know, I I do like him. I do like – I think he's a grinder. Um, He's not the most technically sound. But he, but he, but he puts in the work. Better suited at guard than tackle. I think better suited. I think, so I, I think actually better suited the interior three. I think he played guard and center. Yeah. Um, because he's he's just that physical, tough nosed guy, and when he puts his hands on you, good night. He looks like a ten year starter in the league to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And he was one of the guys where I went. I, I went to his podium and I was like, I want to hear this guy talk because <laughs> he already looks apart. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to see if it backs up with his mentality and. He's got the proofs at nasty and, you know. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, because all, all, all those Georgia lines, you know, just like looking at Andrew Thomas, right? Andrew Thomas probably needs to be a right tackle, but he, he's a mauler and, and he's a big physical guy. It's just you got to put him in the right place. And I think Sawyer, I wouldn't put him at tackle at all. He would really work as an interior he could, guy He could do me. that if you, if you ran into an issue in game. Right? Yeah. Emergency, bump him out yeah. there. Because like Ramon. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I played left tackle. No, 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 no. Here, just, just come give me 10 stats. Yeah. We're trying to work on getting this guy's ankle right, okay? <laughs> a little spat. Berwick, come on. <laughs> Hurry it up. Get the spat going. <laughs> no, it is. like I, I've been thinking about this as, as we as we laid this out. I mean, you think of some of the, the biggest names over the last few years, even more recent Big Ten, Iowa guy. Yeah. You go back to Joe Thomas, Wisconsin. Uh, Bakatari was Big 12 at Colorado and then Pac-12. Um Jake Will- Long, number one overall Jake Long, pick. Eric Trent, Fisher, Trent right? Williams, Trent Oklahoma. Williams. Yeah, I mean, that's where the commodities are coming. We can't name any Texas guys because Texas guys as linemen just don't make it. But anywho, I, I digress. Horns I digress. down, Max. I know. I let, let me let me stop. That's that's my collegiate side kicking in. But yeah, you're right. You go to Power Five schools to find these guys because they've seen the competition and that's the rep experience going against different styles of guys that have that caliber and you have one-to-one comparisons matter. And when you like, I'm watching Northern Iowa, who am I comparing him against? Yeah. Until you get him to a senior bowl. To a senior bowl. And, see and then you're does. like, okay, he can do this, but can he do this 17 games yeah. a year? Yeah. It's different for an all-star game that you've been for, for a couple of weeks. And, and you're, you're like, all okay. jacked up and, and I'm going to prove yeah, myself. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm coming out here to tear everybody up. And then it's like, no, you got to do that every week. Rinse, repeat. Rinse, repeat. You mentioned you mentioned the Texas schools. What do you think of that Texas A and M offensive line put out put together here the last couple of years? And and yeah. now you got Kenyon Green coming in. Well, you see, I I I like Texas A and M, and right because they're now the SEC footprint. Right. Yeah. So with Texas A and M is a very unique thing. Just like watch watching Dan Moore, right? I mean, these guys play against and they play in the West. They- SEC West, so Alabama every you're year. Alabama, LSU Auburn, year. LSU are always going to put out dogs at the defensive line year in and year out. It's how do you match up against them? And I like Jimbo. Jimbo does a great job of getting these guys pro ready with the offensive styles that he wants accomplished by his coaches. So I like Texas A&M offensive linemen a lot, and I think they have that nasty that you want. So when you do look at a guy like a Kenny Green or somebody like that, like okay, I need to take a second look. I mean, because some places just produce offensive line, and they're known for that. Just like, you know, who's in the Joe Moore Award year in and year out? I want to see those guys, because that unit has a certain savoir-faire, so to speak, Ah, that they operate with. Do you have him as your your top guard in this class? I I have him at top. Yeah, I would say he's right up there as my top guard right now. Um, You know, I, I, I do like Cade Mays from Tennessee. 
Um, cause I think he felt interior wise. I don't think he's a tackle at the next level, even though he played that. So I like Cade and I think Cade's going to be a little bit of a sleeper yeah. just because they're like, Oh, well he's gone through this. this. But I, the one thing I say is he, he, he transferred schools. He's played for three different coaches and three different systems. And he started at all three of them. So I'm like, that's a guy I think learns on the fly. And that's what you kind of need. I really like league. Zion Johnson as well. Z- uh, Z- Zion's a good kid. Yeah. Zion's a good kid. I had a conversation with him. Months ago, months ago, and I liked his mentality. I think he's going to be one of those guys, a plugger. I think he's going to fit in. Um, the boy that is in Kansas City, I can't. His name slips me right now. That came in at guard and, and ended up starting. Six round draft pick. Uh, yeah, um, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, Smith. Yeah. Smith. Yeah, yeah. Trayvon, Trayvon Smith. I think he fits like that. I think he's one of those guys that's, that's you're. He's going to surprise you, and you're going to be like, okay, this guy's going to be a ten year starter. Yeah, um, because he's just. He just gets the job done. I like the fact that at Senior Bowl, you took a guy that had played left tackle last year. Yeah. He had been a guard previously in his career, but he played left tackle last year because he was their best guy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you say, hey, why don't you try playing some center this week? And he did it, and he did and he did a good job at it. Like, yeah. I, like, okay, now you got – we could plug you in. You're, Versatility. You're, you're not going to be a left tackle. You're you're not a, you're you're not a five position guy. Right. Even though everyone up there, <laughs> you asked him today. And I, I play I, anywhere. I play anywhere. I play all five positions. I was snapping. All, I was snapping in the hallway just five <laughs> minutes ago. I mean, I had some great shotgun snap. It's like okay, we get it. But then to actually see and have the mentality go and achieve and do it, it, right? Yeah. That that's the other thing because I'm like Zion. What he presents, you know, it, is it pretty? But is it efficient? Does it get the job done? That's what I care about. That's why I look at, like like I said, Cade is one of those guys that, that Ian's another one. And Kenyon's just, I mean, Kenyon is Kenyon. I mean, he he's just, he's just that dude. Um, so, I mean, I, that's what I want to see. I want to see that. Just like I look at uh, Max Mitchell, kid from Lafayette. Oh, I like him too, yeah. I like him a whole lot. And I think he ha- he has the variables that, that you're looking for. He has great hand size. He's tall. And he's athletic. He's not rigid. I mean, because yeah. that's the other thing. How how rigid is the guy in movements? Because he can look great, take his shirt off, put him on a bench press. He looks good, does a great broad. But if if those hips don't move, forget about it. Yeah, I was I was like, you know, it's that's just why like, when when college coaches are scouting offensive linemen, whether they want to bring them in or not, they go watch them play basketball. Yes. I want to see how you move. That's how- the the Bill Nunn. Go watch him at the dance. Yeah, yeah. On campus in the well, evening. Well, and that's that. That's honestly when I started getting my college attention. All my coaches that that were watching, they came to my basketball practice in high school. They're like, what's this guy doing? And I'll never forget Steve Spurrier. I'm sitting there. He he watched. He watched, and it was a tough practice. Too. <laughs> it, we sucked. We just lost a game. So my coaches already had it out for us, and and it brings me down. Maxie, look good, son. Look good. It's like, but. <laughs> Your future is in a three-point stance, not behind the three-point line. Come on down to Florida. I was like, oh, God. yeah, it catches you off guard. But but I appreciated it because it was like I was because I didn't know what sport I wanted to play. Yeah, I was like I, I was like I'm going to be a basketball player. I mean, Shaq and Penny. You know, I'm from oh, Orlando yeah, yeah. in the '90s in the heyday, so I'm like, man, I'm going to go do that. And you know, then you start finding out that. This food does taste good. Uh, sure. <laughs> they'll give me more of they'll it. Let what? me eat. <laughs> yeah, I let can me eat. eat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but that—that's the thing. You want to see the versatility, like Tristan Wirfs. What made him off the charts? The dude is jumping out of jumping a pool. out of a pool. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, it doesn't get more freak. athletic than and that. And he had the wrestling background. Yes, that, that you know, you could, you can also look at that. I mean, those guys have to be able to move. 
Yeah, and you got to be flexible and, yeah. and get out of things yeah. and twist. So I mean, I mean, I covered one of the best ones in in the history of wrestling. I, I was at Pitt Johnstone when Carlton Hasselberg was there. Oh and, wow! And Carlton yeah. was a just a killer on yeah. the mat. You just couldn't <laughs> take him down. He was just so light on his feet, and he turned into a you know a, an all pro guard yeah. at the NFL level. Um, yeah. You know, just that that matters too. You you know how to use your hips. You know how to to use your body to throw guys because you're never going to be in the perfect angle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you're never going to be the circle on the board that blocks the X when you put an arrow yeah. to it, right? It all yeah, looks, yeah, good yeah, on, yeah. It looks good on the board. Yeah, yeah, it looks good on the board. And then that X just happens to be Aaron Donald, and you're like, oh, Geno Ack. Right? Yeah, right. I mean, you see, it's like, okay, how's this guy going to do? And you need that guy. that It's like, it's going to get unorthodox. And can you get the job done? And I think it's the biggest thing. I want to see you get the job done. I don't care how pretty it is. We could work on feet. You know, but are you naturally a striker? Are you naturally a guy that's going to be aggressive in the run game and maul somebody. But also, how do you work with that change of area, change, change, change of direction, quickness to pass off a game and get back in place? Because that's where they're going to kill you. See that you can block them straight up in a phone booth. I need to create a new segue, and can you adjust to that? We're off and running here on the midday show. Nearly a half an hour segment to Woo! get you started. We've got more juices pumping to go here. Max Starks, Dale Lolly, I'm West. Uh, tease it here, and I'll tell you on the other side, about three hours from now, we've got a great guest coming up here on SNR. Is that? Oh, you got to come back with us to find out. <laughs> our, our ongoing coverage of the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine continues right here on SNR. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com. Awards. Live from Indianapolis, this is continuing coverage of the 2022 NFL Combine on Steelers Radio. Back on Radio Row, it's the Midday Show. Wesley Euler, Max Starks, Dale Lolly here live at the Indiana Convention Center in gorgeous Indianapolis. It ha- you know, it's been a great week. Yeah, it has. The I, weather's been great, too. My first year here was 2019. So two years, 19 and 20, before the pandemic, now back here. This is my third time here. I went scooting last night, fellas, on those electric oh, scooters oh, around gosh. town. My two previous times here, I would have needed seven layers of clothing. Like, I would have needed to dress like I was getting yelled at. Hey, kid, get off the street. No, actually, because I went in about 845, and so it was perfect timing. Like, there was not many people in the park area and around the NCAA headquarters campus and everything. I had myself a grand. I'm in hoodie and jeans, and the whole time I'm thinking, like, I would have needed in the past to do this to be dressed like I was going sled riding. It's been it's been a great week so far. Yeah, you won't see me doing that. Yeah, I was like, oh, to be young, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I get those and I'm like ACL, yeah, ACL automatically. Just just even even stepping on it, I, I just go ahead and just call the doctor. Like, yeah. hey, hey, I'm gonna need surgery. I don't know him what yet. Just be 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 prepared. And we've all seen a Caboli's walking around in his boot again yeah. with the other one At now. The other he's torn he's both, both Achilles uh, in the yeah. last six months. Like, I, I don't need that to happen. He's no. an absolute athlete, gentlemen. That Mark Caboli. <laughs> 
there and his Achilles, what, twice walking up, well, walking, yeah, twice to, walking, walking, to, walking yeah. to, to the press box. Well, and, and then also, I mean, the other thing that's going on, the Big Ten women's tournaments going on yes. here. So, you know, I saw the Minnesota women's last night and that, you know, and seeing like, I think earlier, yeah, Purdue was warming up this morning in the hallways where I was walking over. So it's like, it's like we got so much Everything's going athletics on. going on yeah. around here. And I just can imagine later in the, it's, it's going to be a buzz um, with, with athletic talent. I'm just hoping. Guys, stay on, stay on task, stay on target. Don't venture off. Eyes on the prize. On the prize, not that prize. Not that prize. The other prize. The other prize. The one that comes in, in April. Combine <laughs> coverage here, brought to you by. I'm drawing a blank. First National Bank. First National Bank. Let's get F-N-B. started. Uh, today I was like, you know what? I don't need to have the in front of me. I'm going to be fine. I've said it a million times, and I just drew a blank there again. Uh, First National Bank. Let's get started. Member FDIC. Gentlemen, I teased before we went to break that we were going to have a special guest on later today. And that'll be Cam Hayward when at Cameron 3.30 Hayward. right here on SNR. Having fun this week. Oh, doing his, his brother's stuff. here. His brother's you know, here. Exactly. You get to see little bro. You get to talk a little ball on, on the network. Uh, it was good to see. And just randomly, I was like, I'm walking around the corner on the skywalk. Cam? I'm like, he's like, like what's up, man? I'm like, what's up with you? I'm like, this is for new guys, not not yeah. not for veterans. He's like, oh, I know, I know. I'm going to NFL now. I saw him walking, and he was he was ahead of me yesterday after we get done with the show, and he was with Burt Lawton, the Steelers PR director. And I'm like looking, and I could by the gate just the way he walked. I'm like, yeah, looks like Cam. It's out a little bit. Yeah. Too. And then height, I saw I size. saw Burt look at him. Like that looks like Burt. Yeah. And I, I caught up. All that was you, by the way you walk. Yeah. It's always a pain walk at this point. Yeah, exactly. And Bird, I can tell you by your bald head. So, yeah, exactly. Doctor Evil himself. Oh, he's throwing shots at Bert. Come Listen, on. Oh, Bert loves his bald head. I have called Bert Doctor Evil since the first day he got hired here when he was under Dave Lockett, and he's like, "Come on, Max." I'm like, "Like, this I can't see anything different now, Bert." So, I Matt mean, Hasselbeck. Ooh, there we go. Another one. Next Another one. Next there, there was a there was a, a magazine ad that Matt that Hasselbeck did um that you looked at he real quick you think what's Bert doing in that ad yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely the ball guy club I mean it's yeah. an exclusive club <laughs> you know you know a guy like myself uh you know, a white guy to be able to pull off the, the bald look is not easy no it, 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 you it got takes- one of the ways you can go with that <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you either. I mean, it's just not, you know. Yeah. And so we're, you Especially know, if you're following, if you don't have a big full if, beard. Yeah. If you're following you know? challenged, yeah. you know, you're, you, you're kind of stuck. Yeah. No. <laughs> Next no. time you see Bert, tell him why make billions when you can make millions, <laughs> one million dollars. Yeah. So it was funny when, when I got the, when I got the job here at Sideline, I sent him the, do, uh, the Dr. Evil meme. And I was like, I was like, I was like, don't be a, and I said the mini me. <laughs> it's like, I need info from you, Bert. Don't, don't, don't you do it. Don't you do it. He was like, it's like, really, Max? We're not, we're not. I said, we're never getting past this. Need the info. I'm need the boss. The need the info. Oh, we're delirious already in the first hour. <laughs> I tell you what, that's how we're doing it. Jonathan tweets us here and says, question for you guys. Did you see the video of Malik giving uh, something, uh, some food to and talking with a homeless person yesterday in the street in Indy? Seems like a great human. I, don't, I didn't see that. I didn't see no, that. I didn't see that. Uh, but good for him. That's, he, that's was, awesome. he was asked about uh, a young lady um, who apparently is a big Liberty fan, mm-hmm. um, and she has some medical issues, and he talked about how he's befriended her 
and, you know, plays games with her on the phones and talks to her all the time. I, I, I think he strikes me as a very thoughtful, you know, well-grounded, well-grounded young man. Yeah. Um, you know, I, from that standpoint, he, none of this, he was as cool as a cucumber. He was uh, on, answering on the his podium. Like, it's just he like, was awesome. you know, yeah, people are going to, yeah, people are entitled to their opinions if they think we all stink. And, you know, that, that's haters go that's, hate. Yeah, that's their, <laughs> that's their opinion. They're entitled to it. I got yeah. mine. They've got theirs. You know, I was yeah. once told if you don't, haters you ain't popping so there it is Malik, there it is Malik Willis is popping yeah no I, I always like seeing that stuff from guys who you know know that they're in a in a privileged position to be doing what they're doing and trying to help people out along the way yeah you don't look beyond your blessings right yeah. because it can all it can always change in an instant so you know be grateful of, of the platform that you have and you know use it for the right reasons absolutely yeah absolutely if you guys got any more twitter questions for us we'll take them throughout the week um another reminder steelers nation radio twitter account that's where you can stay in lockstep with our schedule um we're here today until sometimes we don't even know sometimes we don't even know we're <laughs> yeah. here today until four o'clock again cam hayward joining us towards the end at 3 30 make sure you're tuned in for that tomorrow another full day of coverage from 10 until four o'clock and then we've got a three-hour show for you on saturday as well too so still deep more to come here we're going to take another break we'll wrap up this first hour of the show and we'll turn on the other side dale lolly max starks i'm wesley Euler. you're listening to Ongoing coverage of the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine live from Indianapolis right here on SNR. Live from Indianapolis, this is continuing coverage of the 2022 NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. We are back at the Indiana Convention Center. It's the midday show here. Wesley Euler, Max Starks, Dale Lawley. One more time. I mean, who am I kidding? Just another reminder, not one more time. All of our coverage here brought to you by First National Bank. Member FDIC, let's get started. Gentlemen, you know, we mentioned uh, Connor Hayward being here. I figured we could close out this hour discussing a little tight ends. I don't think we've done that so far. Not the big Kyle Pitt names, Hawkinson, some of these guys when they came out. Noah Fant, both of those guys out of Iowa being first-round picks a couple years ago. But I feel like there's some really good day two, day three, depth at the top position. And when you consider the scope of the things from the Steelers right now, does that feel like something that they could be monitoring, something that they could be interested in? Not really. No? I, I have a tight uh, Obviously, he's the second-round pick last year yep. on, on Pat Fryermuth. Zach Gentry uh, has come into his own uh, in his third year. put on yeah, uh, looks like a, a rock-solid uh, uh, Mike Tomlin letting, letting it drop last year that, that Zach was up to about 280. Uh, he's almost offensive tackle size now. Yeah. Uh, and, and I like a couple of the developmental guys that they have, uh, you know, coming up uh, as well. Um, you know, so I, I think that position is one you, you know, they'll bring in maybe an undrafted rookie or something sure. like that. Sure. Uh, I, I think they like what they have at the top two. And then, you you, you know, you'll see they, they signed uh, Jay Sternberger last year um, late, you know, after he'd been released. He's, he's a guy that has some. A little gravitas around the league. He's bounced around a little bit, but was a, a reasonably. I think he was a third round draft pick. Texas, at one point. Right? Has yeah, had some yeah. off the field stuff, um, you know. And I also, you know, so I, I think they've got they've got four bodies there right now. Four guys that I think are potential NFL caliber. Two of them for sure are NFL for sure, caliber yeah. guys. And then you bring in another guy and let him fight for that third spot. And that's largely a, you know, looking at the special teams role as the number one part yeah. of that job. Well, and also, it's it's a luxury pick at yeah. that point 
you got too many other things up. that you need that you need yeah. in this draft to then be focused on that area, especially when you, you seemingly hit hit the home run yeah. that you needed yeah. with, with with Pat. So, I mean, yeah, there's not a lot of emphasis when you're looking at the tight ends. I mean, obviously, you in the later rounds, if somebody just falls to you. Yeah. If you're sitting there in yeah. the fifth round and someone that maybe had a third round grade on. Yeah. But that yeah. typically hasn't happened at that position. Those guys, no. have, you know, because what the Steelers are looking for at the position is a little bit different than, you know, they're not looking for another receiver at tight end. Right. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like Kevin Rader as the potential to be that, that number three guy. He's, he's been on the practice. He's, he's, a, he's the, the prototypical Steeler, like hang around on the practice squad for a couple of years. And next thing you know, you're getting your shot and, Hey, this guy can play a little bit, you know. So I, I, I think that they're their position. Yeah, that position has plenty of, especially when you look at, you need other resources, and you also have sure. guys who can play that H back hybrid role, right? Yeah. So I don't need to go find a new guy unless all of a sudden my guy, you know, we we lose everybody in a freak kneecapping yeah. accident, you know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I will say this: I'll be very surprised. Unless he gets drafted before, if Connor Hayward doesn't end up with the Steelers, I mean, l- listen, the, the, the family ties matter. Yes. Family ties matter. If I he mean, makes it through the draft after, which is potentially in the case, a possibility, yeah, yeah, which is definitely because of the position that he plays. Yeah, he's he's going to be a Stealer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his brother's going to make sure that he's a Stealer. Yeah, right. In that case, Cam will probably pay his salary. Yeah, know? exactly. Like, <laughs> he can afford it too. Listen, just cut a piece off of mine. It's cool. I'll redirect. I know where it's going. Yeah. He's going to yeah. stay at my house. Yeah, you know? exactly. He's rent-free. You know, I'm kicking one of the kids out there. I have to do bunk beds. <laughs> or he's just going to build him, like, his own little, like, studio off the back of the property. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you make him stay in the basement. And right? he could, he yeah. could, to, to Max's point, he you know, he could do some of that hybrid yep. stuff. Yep. Um, you know, played yeah. some tight end, played some running back, uh, you know, at Michigan State and, and, and was good at it. Uh, you know, he, he might be the, the best fullback type in this draft not that a lot of teams are looking for that yeah point yeah yeah because because your san francisco's of the world already have their guys right yeah your kansas cities have those guys and those are the main people who really use those that still operate a lot of eye stuff because they're run heavy whereas the steelers you look at the canada offense we were begging for Derek Watt. I think at one point in the year like please just just give a lead blocker and then he'd come in for two snaps i mean they haven't used the fullback extensively since I was here. In a long time. <laughs> yes, yeah, since in I was here. In a long, here. long I mean, BA really didn't uh no. it. That, that's where know. that's that that's where the fullback died. Yeah. The Thunder Dan Criders of the world are not gonna be yeah, are not gonna be in high demand. And no. then like you said, even how we use Rosie Nix, right, for a little bit, it still yeah. wasn't a true He was fullback. getting I think I, if I remember correctly, the most snaps he got in the season was like three hundred. Yeah. I mean exactly. that's it's, it's nothing. That's you know? nothing when you're considering how much capital that takes up. Like you got to be an ace on special teams. Yes. Yeah. And we got Which that Derek Watt Watt is. Is. Yeah. So, so there's no need. It would just simply be a luxury thing. Like we're going to find a place for you because yeah. you're family. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if you play, if you're a good special player, maybe you're on the 53. Otherwise we'd probably let you sit it with Trey Edmonds. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Trey's Trey's hung around for a long time now as a, as a, a fullback type body. Um, and you know, when they needed the guy, when somebody was hurt, Bring, uh, plug and play. Yeah, you get fifty on the uh, on the active roster. You bring Trey up, let him play special teams. It's never going to never going to play on offense. Yeah, you know, exactly. that's just the reality of the situation. You mentioned Pat Frymuth there. Let's let's stick with that for the last couple minutes that we have here in this segment. Good, solid rookie season to build on. I think we're all very high on the ceiling for this guy and what he can become. But 
I believe we said this yesterday, it's cliched because it's true. You want to see guys take that step between their rookie and their second season, between freshman and sophomore year. You want to see a noticeable uh, improvement. What does that look like for Pat Fryermuth? Well, I think for Pat, I mean, I, I think it honestly comes to really doing more of the same, um, you know, being 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 that viable option, making sure you keep yourself open in the pass game, which, I mean, there was plenty of times last season, right? And couldn't get to that third read because of pressure where Pratt Firemuth was wide open. So it, it would be <coughs> upgrading the offensive line to get to that option when he is there and him sure, capitalizing on sure. it, right? You know, I think the probably the only flip, and it was a perfect play. So when I'm doing this, I'm really just parsing yeah. um, the, the Minnesota game. Yeah. Final catch. Yeah. Being able to hold on to the football. I thought that was that Ben's moment. best throw of the year. Absolutely. I mean, he threw it through a he threaded it between two guys in tight coverage and he got the hand he got it to the tight end's hands. And it was like after that, it's not my fault. Yeah. And I know Pat was dejected after that. Yeah. You know, and Ben would have been a hell of a catch if it, he would have been able it to have been. Well, I mean, you know, there was an all pro safety yes. back there too that Punching made a play on the football. I mean, yeah. Perfect punch out the per- I was standing right there in the end zone watching the <laughs> play you? live. I was like, Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. We, we miss that sometimes yeah. through our black and gold glasses, but the other guys are too. Yeah, they are. They are. So, I mean, really for Pat, it's going to be just cleaning up a little bit of things in, in the run game. He needs to get stronger. He needs to get stronger at the yeah. point, being yeah. the point uh, tight end, because, yes, he can do the backside tight end. He can he can do the Todd Heat type stuff. Yeah. But putting him on the front side and allowing it so it's not just, oh, gosh, Gentry's in. We know which direction the ball is being right, run. Right, right. You know, so. So I think some of those things, weight room things, but as far as skill set technique on the field, pass game, he he he's aces, and he and he also knows how to go and jump in high points. He does. So. Yeah. yeah, he's. I mean, in, in the red zone, he's a weapon. Sure. Um, yeah, he just needs to get stronger uh, and learn the physicality of the NFL game. He, he wasn't yeah. asked to do that at Penn State. No, no. Was, hey, can you go catch this? That's all we need yeah. you to do because we're usually behind. So we need to be able to trust that we can just throw you out there yeah. and go catch. And the I'll pass. be—I mean, yeah. I'll be honest. Watching Zach Gentry block his first couple of seasons was not pretty. <laughs> it, was a, it was a quarterback. Yeah, was, he was like, a quarterback in right. college. That's you right. know, exactly. exactly. And he was a big, long guy. You know, very much like Matt Spath. Yeah, you know, one of these six, eight tight ends that has to learn how to use their leverage a little bit better because they are so tall. Yeah, and because they're used to being able to play things at an arm's length. It's like, no, you're, you're in the middle of the tussle yeah. right now. And Spath, so we, and Spath got to be a very good blocker. Absolutely, absolutely. And that, that's what allowed him the opportunity, right, to go to Chicago and, yeah. and, and, and continue his career. But I think that would be the biggest thing is how, how they adjust to weight room life from year one to year two. Dale, do you expect more of the same in, in terms of, of Mike Tomlin and his messaging? You know, training camp all last summer, whenever he was asked about Friar Muth, oh, you know, he flashed here. Oh, he did this well today in practice. The same response every time, right? Yeah, but can he block? Yeah, but is, can is, he... is that the, is that the yeah, mantra? Yeah, that's always that's always going to be that's going to be what Mike's uh, going to say about those guys because you you watch and that's what I love. One of the things I love about training camp is I I often will follow Mike around the, the the different units as they're working out on the field and see and just to hear what his messaging is to that particular group. Sure. And with the tight ends, it's always block, 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 block. You know these guys can catch the football. They're coming out of the college game where nobody ever asked them to block anybody. Um, you know, so you know that they do that, uh, but they have to learn how to play with that physical edge at the NFL level. And it's not easy. Is is you know, Eric Ebron yeah. talked about it a lot. Yeah. And and you know, talked about, yeah, I, I gotta become a better blocker. Sometimes you just can't. 
Um, it's just not in you. I, I do believe it is in Hermuth. I think he wants to be a, a good all-around tight end. Yeah, he's he's certainly seems to be progressing in that direction, and that's obviously um, a big part of the hit the sleds and things of that nature. I remember I asked Eric Ebron when when he joined the Steelers, "When's the last time you hit a blocking sled?" He's like, "Uh, "Maybe my rookie year." (laughs) You know, they just some some places just don't do it, right? And so you're not going to you're not going to get better at it if you don't do it. One hour books here on the midday show. Another hour to go. A reminder, and I'll say this a couple times: Cam Hayward going to join us at three thirty today. So don't you dare go anywhere. Captain, We've got three captain yeah. Cam Hayward. We've got three hours here of live coverage on Radio Row here on your twenty four seven home of the Black and Gold. Max Starks, Dale Lolly. I'm Wesley Euler. Another hour to come here on the midday show before I'll swap things out with Matt Williamson. Our coverage here brought to you by First National Bank. Let's get DIC. More to come from Radio Row here at the Indiana Convention Center, the NFL Scouting Combine 2022 on SNR. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards.